welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and we are here to talk about tips and strategies that you can employ to deepen your faith, improve your relationships, and just get the most out of your life. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Okay, so most people I know, myself included, enjoy the feeling of being cheered on and appreciated. When I was little in baseball and I'd rip a double down the line and everybody in the stands was cheering, it felt amazing. Everybody loves to be uplifted, complimented, cheered on, and encouraged. This goes into adulthood for most of us. I mean, there are some introverts who don't like attention, but even they love to be appreciated. When you do something and others tell you you did a great job, that was super impressive, you're awesome, it makes you feel good. And it's a part of God's plan for encouragement. The Bible is filled with instruction about lifting people up, rejoicing with those who rejoice, encouraging one another, and just generally helping joy live in us by not only talking about how valuable God is, but how valuable we are, how important we are in relationships and in life. And so there's a lot of cheering going on. Love it. Love the cheering. We cheer on our kids. Brethren cheer on one another. But the question is this. How do you respond? How do you react? What do you do next after the cheers? What do you do when there aren't supporters standing around you smiling and in awe of your accomplishments. I've always thought that the truest test and tell of a man's character is how he responded to trials. Find someone in a place where things are going poorly. Find someone in a place where there's nowhere to turn. The words that they say, the way they behave, that tells you the whole story. I always use Jesus as an indication He's on the cross. He's dying. Listen to his words. It'll tell you all you need to know about him. Well, I still think that that is powerful, but I want to change it just a little bit. In the moment when the cheers stop, in the moment when the support is removed, maybe not nefariously, maybe just because, you know, we've moved on. Everybody's doing something else now. How do you react to that change? I can still use Jesus as an example. Peter said, I'll never deny you, Jesus. You're the great Lord, cheering him on. And then, of course, Peter denied Jesus. Judas betrayed Jesus. But Jesus wasn't doing it for the accolades. Jesus was a genuine servant of the Lord. He enjoyed being supported and having an inner circle. I'm sure of that. But his work wasn't dependent upon it. This is evidenced in other Bible stories, like Paul. Paul had traveling companions. They meant a lot to him. He never wanted to be worshipped. You know that's not what we're saying. He wasn't looking for worshipful accolades. But he certainly liked it when he had friends with him to encourage him and uplift him and appreciate him. Everybody likes that. And yet, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, he says to Timothy, You are aware, verse 15, of the fact that all who are in Asia turned away from me. But he said, let me tell you what. The Lord was always with me. He wasn't doing it for the cheers. So when the crowd turned away, 
he didn't stop doing it. I just want you to think about that. We've got some application to make today, but I just want you to understand it on a spiritual level. We're looking at Jesus and Paul just to get started. Whenever they weren't being noticed or supported, they kept on doing the same things because it was about something bigger than that. And the fulfillment came in pleasing the Lord and in, of course, doing the best they could with the opportunities that God gave them. It was, in that sense, between them and God. I'm not saying they didn't do it for other people. I'm saying they did it with or without the approval and accolades of other people. Well, unfortunately, not everyone is like that. There are people who are service-filled and sacrificial and helpful when they're being noticed by others. When people talk about how great they are, when they're the center of attention. And you know, if you talk to them and said, I think you're doing this just because people appreciate you. No one would come back and say, yeah, that's it. It Really, to be honest, that's it. I, I don't really care. I'm just doing it because others think I'm awesome. Nobody would say that. And yet, it's kind of true a lot. I know that because there have been a great many people in a great many fields who, after the cheers, when the crowd stopped cheering, maybe because the crowd turned cold to what was going on, or maybe just because after a while, I mean, your hands will get tired clapping all the time. These people stopped doing it. They were doing it because of how it felt to be honored by others. Now, I know Jesus talked quite a bit about that. You remember in the Sermon on the Mount, he talked about when you fasted or when you gave to the poor or when you pray. Three examples. He said, don't do this to be noticed by men. There'll always be someone who'll tell you that was the best prayer ever. And you were trying to serve those people if they were in the room. But it's not about recognition from those people. He talked about making sure no one can tell when you're fasting or don't even let your left hand know if your right hand has given to someone in need. Now, that's not saying you can't talk about it. That's not the point. Or if someone finds out and they talk about how great you are that you've blown the whole thing, what he's saying is people who are truly workers, people who go the farthest to grow the most, are doing this because it's in their heart, because it's who they are, because it honors God, not because of what other people think about it, which, by the way, is a two-edged sword. When people think it's great, I keep going. When people think it's not so great, I give up. That doesn't sound like an Excel still more journey to me. But I think we all have to admit that we feel this sometimes. It doesn't mean we're sinful because we react to the cheering of others. It just means we may need to think through, okay, why do I react a certain way when I'm being supported and another way when I'm not being recognized? What does that say about why I'm doing this? And are there changes that I can make to do better? And we're going to talk about a couple of positive things at the end, but I want to make sure you're clear on what we're talking about and how it sometimes shows up. Here is a way that it has shown up that indicated that maybe this lesson is needed. I knew someone in my past who was known in the community as an amazingly generous person. This person gave to people in need, served the community, was well-known, far and wide in that region. And yet, at home, 
he didn't have a great relationship with his family. There was stress between he and his wife. There were issues with him and distance between he and his children. And when people from the outside would find out about that, they were totally blown away. How could that possibly be? Well, I will not speak for what was happening there, but I have a theory that with a lot of people, the difference is this. When you serve the community, the community cheers for you. When you do nice things for strangers, strangers smile and hug you and talk about how you're their guardian angel. It feels good to be appreciated. And so people can thrive on that. But you know, at home, when it's washing the dishes or mowing the lawn, or folding the clothes, or putting the kids to bed, you know, there may be a little cheering early on, like, wow, that was awesome. You're the best kids to bed dad ever. But that doesn't last very long. Those are responsibilities at home. And there's just not a lot of standing ovations for mowing the backyard. It's interesting, that same person I referenced earlier once told me that he didn't do a lot of things around the house because there wasn't much appreciation when he did. I have to tell you, that conversation has really stuck with me a long time. Is that why we do the things that we do? Is it because others are going to tell us how great we are? And while everybody would say no, I mentioned that to you earlier, everybody would say, no, that's, that's not the impetus for this. It's, it's about other people. Well, when you have a stark dichotomy, between the way that you behave when people applaud you versus the way that you behave perhaps at home where it's just the way it is, this is our life, maybe it's telling us that we need to work on this a little bit. And I use the term us on purpose. We all struggle with this at times, staying motivated when it's just between us and God. And look, in the grander scale, you're not alone. If you Googled after the crowd stopped cheering, you would find tons of articles about athletes and how difficult it is to cope with life after their success. Issues with their relationships, issues with their health and their weight, you see all of these challenges trying to cope with life out of the limelight. So it happens to all of us. But what I'm encouraged by, especially in Jesus, is that the motivation we need to have deeper convictions than that Better purpose, more happiness is something within reach. Here's the first thing that I would say if you want to guard against this. When the crowds are cheering for you, you cheer for them. Never be a pure consumer of accolades or compliments. If you build a dynamic with the people in your life where all of the compliments and appreciation and thankfulness is coming from them to you, if that's your dynamic, you're setting yourself up for failure. Those are great things. I love all that stuff. I love it on the car ride home after church when Summer says, that was a great sermon. That feels good. Or she says, the yard looks better than it has all summer. You're really good at that. I mean, we all love that. But never let that be one-sided. I know it feels good in the moment, but trust me, When it's all about you on the stage and everyone else is in the audience, you're setting something up that is unsustainable and will ultimately leave you wanting. Instead, be the bigger encourager. 
No matter how much someone cheers you on, you ought to find a way to cheer even louder for them. No matter how many good things someone says that you're doing, go ahead and enjoy that. But make sure that you find something about them and you make a bigger deal out of that. If you're a preacher and you're preaching at a work and people are talking about how great you are and what you're doing, you don't have to deny that you're doing a good job. But make sure that never becomes one-sided. Talk about the things that your eldership is doing that's helping you, what the members are doing that's making a difference. The same is true in marriage. This will have a couple of great effects. Number one, if I can just speak selfishly for a moment, dead-on guarantee if you like the crowd cheering, people appreciating, compliments and encouragement, you will get much more of that for a much longer period of time if you are also handing it out. It becomes an exchange, a friendship, a mutual sharing. It's not me on the stage and you in the crowd. It's just two people who are genuinely appreciative of the other. So there's the first thing. It goes on a lot longer. And secondly, and I'm only speaking for myself here, but when I find myself feeling less appreciated, you know that after the cheering business, maybe I've been preaching somewhere, I've been here in Lindale four years, maybe I've been in a marriage for going on 22 years in November, And you know what? Just not a lot of standing ovations going on. Not a lot of that. Not that there ever was, literally, but you know what I mean. My default used to be, man, I'm bummed about that. I think that I deserve better than this, and and maybe I even begin to covet someone else's situation. Never so far in my marriage, but maybe in preaching or other things. I don't have that reaction anymore. My instant reaction is, If I want them to appreciate me, if there's still a little bit of compliment left in them, the only way that can ever be restored is if I give it. So I tell you what I start doing. I go up to that guy and I just week after week talk about things he's doing that are awesome. Send encouraging texts, tell my wife or kids how much I love them, and it usually generates some reciprocation. But here's the real thing. Here's what's behind all of that. You can't do it just to get. I can't respond by complimenting them just so I'll get it in return again. I've got to get somebody cheering for me again. Let me go cheer for some people so that I can get that response. That's the other big thing I would say about after the cheers. Remember Jesus and Paul and many others? They were doing what they were doing to serve others, but it was never about being exalted by others. It was never about that. When you really have this down, you'll still appreciate being appreciated. But when it diminishes, your reaction will be to cheer on others genuinely because you know how it feels to be encouraged and you just want to go out and be an encourager, but not to get it in return. Why? Because your purpose is deeper than that. Your purpose is to be one with God. Your purpose is to do His will Your purpose is to be the best that you can be, and you don't need a standing O to keep that going. Now, as I said, there's always a little side benefit. 
When you go out and genuinely encourage others, they usually will reciprocate, but that's not what you're feeding on. You're feeding on your purpose. I sure hope this is making sense because this realization of what was my motivation and what is the input of others doing in terms of sustaining me, is that what this is, has helped me with a lot of things. I told you guys earlier in the year that I'm a runner now. I run. And I got all this attention from my friends. Oh, you're a runner now. You're running. That's awesome, you know. And there was some making fun of me a little bit, but there was a lot of, you know, appreciation. But, you know, after a few months, nobody asked about the running anymore. And then it came down to something very real. And the last thing I want to talk to you about. Then is when I really knew if I was doing it for the right reasons. Sometimes you can't know if you're running for the right reasons or if you're serving other people for the right reasons or if you're being a real giver for the right reasons. Sometimes you can't know the answer until no one notices. Remember, the true character of a man is seen. Originally, I used to say in his time of trial, which I think is certainly a huge indicator. But in a very similar way, When people stop noticing what you're doing, when people stop putting you on the stage, if you keep doing it because it's who you are, because of who God is, because of how much you love others, that's the indication of your true character. And when you really evolve this concept, you may actually begin hoping that the crowd stops cheering just so you can truly prove to yourself and to God what you're really all about. So listen, do great things, serve people, excel in your work, and when others notice, when they appreciate you, when they applaud you, receive it, reciprocate it, but receive it. But just remember this, things get real and they prove themselves to be real after the cheers. Thank you so much for listening today. We encourage you to check out the website, excelstillmore.life, where you can subscribe to emails, order the three-month journal, or check out past episodes. As always, please consider sharing this with people in your life who you think we can help. And whatever you do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.